Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy, and I have a super awesome friend of the show back for another interview today, our favorite CIA spy, Peter Warmka. How are you? Hey, Tracy. I'm doing great. How about you? Fantastic. I'm making the most of summer here in Colorado. We haven't had a hot day yet. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Can I, can I, uh, can I shift a little bit over to you? I'm in yeah. Orlando, and it's, well, I shouldn't complain. It's, it's uh, normal. Normally very hot, and we're going to be like in the mid-90s today, but it's going to feel like triple digits. It is, because that's Orlando. And we were just talking, and I, um, I'm i not sad that I'm not going to our National Speakers Association conference in Orlando in a couple weeks. Because of that, <laughs> I'm, I'm book speaking for a bunch of school bus driver managers in Reno, and uh, that is not going to be too bad, I don't think. No, and the casinos have good air conditioning. They do. I stay out of the casinos, but um, yes, they do. So anyway. I, I thought you but, would like the casinos because you like to analyze, you know, human behavior. I do. Uh, I just don't like to lose my money. I, that's the problem. Well, you don't need to. You can walk around the casinos and observe people without necessarily uh, placing bets. Maybe I should do that. I, I do that a lot. I, I love the psychology. Uh-huh. I'm not a gamer, but I've, uh, I mean, I've worked on gaming projects already uh for clients but uh i don't know i don't like to, to gamble myself but i just enjoy walking around and, and observing people and talking to people so- oh wow i'm gonna do that then. now can you can you reveal what kind of gaming projects you've worked on uh i, I worked i worked on some of them for uh my previous uh, government client which i really can't get into specifics but it was taking a look at some certain groups that oh. were owners and operators of of, of gamers gaming oh industry. really oh okay Brick okay and, mortar and online yeah. oh okay i know what you're doing then so um got it got it okay so okay how anyone can think online gaming are they're possibly going to win with it is just beyond me uh it, i think you got a chance at blackjack and that's about it well this is the thing and but i think it re- where it really took off was for a period of time it, it was available. It was the only thing available. People couldn't, uh, you know, access casinos mm-hmm. in their in their country. You know, some countries it was completely illegal mm-hmm. to, to uh, access casinos to go into casinos, and so yeah. you have to travel outside the country to another another yeah. country, or maybe even in their own country. It was legal, but it was so far away. Mm-hmm. And people that like to go online, they, they you know, it's a habit. They like to get on there. Um, you know, probably every you know serious. Gamers are on there a couple times a week, and maybe if not every day. Oh, totally, totally. So it's more yeah. of a convenience and 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 being able to access it uh-huh. uh, to get the kind of the same I don't know kind of the same excitement and adrenaline you know of uh-huh. of, of of the rush and hoping you're going to win. And you keep on you know it's just like these uh, it's like these slot machines that the casino you know they all of a sudden you're winning a little bit and all of a sudden you know it's dry but you always got you know you got all those bells and whistles that you hear in the casino mm-hmm. you can hear them on your on your laptop when you're. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's like a lot of the same psychology. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So, wow. Okay. It's, it's okay. A lot of money. Now we did not have you on the show to talk about gambling. 
Um, we have, <laughs> we have, <laughs> but you know, like I said, you never know where we're going to end up on the show here. Yeah. So, cause you have a new book coming out. I do remember the, I think the first time I was on the show, I talked about my first book, Confessions mm -hmm. of a CIA Spy. Yeah. Of human hacking. And that's kind of what I've, what I've really been focused on a lot eh, ever since I came up with the book. Uh, mm -hmm. But the focus of that first book was more to help organizations, mm -hmm. how to identify, you know, uh, threat actors and what the threat actors might be doing against their organization uh -huh. and objectives and how, and the methodologies that they use to target individuals within the organization, right. those insiders, mm -hmm. turning those insiders into insider threats. So I, I think I spoke at length about the different type of social engineering techniques. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and before I forget, one of the one of the things I'm really really focusing on now on, at speaking engagements is getting into the area of AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah, how that is used, you know, because people some people are now like so like rattled and afraid that the machines are going to take over humans, and mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of concern about that. And I'm not saying that people should you know be concerned about how AI is used because AI in my opinion, like all technology, is neither good nor bad. Okay. It's not moral or immoral. It depends upon the intent of the user. Totally. Right? So if some really, really bad things happen to society, it's going to be because of the people behind the AI that have decided, mm -hmm. I'm going to use the AI for this purpose. AI in itself is nothing wrong with it. Actually, it's kind of really, if you get into it, there's a lot of cool applications and techniques is going to make, you know, it's going to have a big impact on how we do things. Um, it's going to have a big, you know, impact on, the, on jobs and how things are restructured. Um, without a doubt, it's just like, you know, when we first came in, um, although I was not there, the Industrial Revolution, I mean, uh -huh. that had a big, big impact on on, uh, on manufacturing and everything else. And so this is another 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 stage in the evolution. But what a lot of people don't focus on because they're not really aware because they don't understand AI so well yet is the threat that AI poses to individuals caused by these threat actors to include scammers, you know, oh, uh, totally. worse multiplier. Just think, I mean, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you just a few examples. Then we yeah, move on to the book. But um, I think last time I talked to you about how uh, threat actors or scammers can easily create fake profiles on social media. Oh, totally. Directly target individuals. Because um, it's a lot different than just sending an email where, you know, they're just sending it out to hundreds of people. Here you can directly target somebody based on what information you can gather on them, right? Mm -hmm. Through social media. And uh, there's this thing called, which I'm sure everybody's heard of, maybe they don't quite understand it that well, but it's uh, chat GBT. Can yeah, you see yeah. It? No. But a, if it's controlled for the right reasons, it can have great applications. But what it can do uh, in the hands of the wrong person or persons is it can, it can be used to gather a tremendous amount of inf personal information on potential targets. I mean, right now, unless you are a scene, like a celebrity uh, or a government official or something like that, if you put their name in there, it's going to, you know, for those celebrities or people that have Wikipedia pages, let's say, at that level yeah. of notoriety, mm -hmm. it's going to give you a lot of information on those people. Mm -hmm. But if I start asking, you know, about, you know, a regular normal, normal person, perhaps even like you and me, I mean, we got a profile, but it's not to the extent of they won't, ChatGPT won't allow, it won't allow for all our personal data to mm -hmm. be scraped up and given. 
It's sort of a security feature, mm-hmm. right? But think about it. If that was taken away, if that pro- prohibition, I mean, the, the the tool exists. The tool has the capability of doing it, but they're not allowing it to do it. Just like you cannot use it to do research on how to conduct scams. If you use certain terms like fraud, like scams, and, and they think you might be trying to use it to create scenarios to uh-huh. scam people, it won't allow it. Well, let's let's talk about that because I am doing some because you know I'm working on some stuff in Hollywood and I do some of my own films, and I was getting stuck on my script and they're yeah. they're very short. They're very uh, and you can go to my website. It's bodylanguagetrainer.com. You can see it and it's a video of I'm playing poker and it's a it's an advertisement with a plot is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm doing part two and three of it because it it really worked well. And I knew I wanted to have like some explosions and maybe someone get get killed or kidnapped or something like that. And, you know, it's all everyone's safe. Don't worry. It's <laughs> it's all hard. But I was like, hey, uh, I, I typed in I, I put in the first script. I was like, hey, I want this to be continued where these things happen. Can you do it? And I said, I want a kidnapping and I want a gunfight. And it said, uh, sorry, you can't. Um, I can't do anything around yeah. such violence yeah. and, and things like yeah. that. And there's a way you can work around it. So, so it'll, it'll do. And I can't remember exactly uh, what the prompt was, but there, there's a way to do it so that yeah. it'll, it'll write a script for you. That's um, more violent than what it's in. It's you know, right. programmed to do, but yeah, that's a real thing. It'll, it'll stop and be like, no, not going. Yeah. But see, that's because it's, you know, the, the individuals behind operating it, they, you know, they, they put those prohibitions, which are, you know, they consider good things that kind of like, you know, ethical things, mm-hmm. but these tools are going to eventually become into the hands of anybody oh, who's totally. going to, to develop this mm-hmm. and use it. So that's going to include scraping all of this targeting information, which is going to be tremendous tools because be able, instead of doing this research to get part of that information, because we can do a lot of open source targeting, but it uh-huh. might take us hours. Here uh-huh. with a tool like this, just think it takes seconds and you can, you'll be able to get all this targeting information to mm-hmm. go after individuals of interest. And then, you know, with a lot of these, uh, so that's, you know, with, with those profiles, getting that targeting information, but then even a lot of these profiles are developed by people whose uh, first language is not English, right? Yeah. So you might see some of them with a, a weak narrative, a skimpy narrative, or even you know grammatically uh, problematic. Uh, it, but now they can use ChatGPT to to create a perfect narrative, you know, oh, a strong wow. narrative for uh-huh. the for the um, you know the, you know give me examples sort of like with LinkedIn because it's more of a a site that's, you know, used by professionals. So a lot of them are going to be targeting people on LinkedIn. You know how many profiles are on LinkedIn today? How many profiles on LinkedIn? Take a wild guess. Millions. 930 million. Probably almost 930 million. Yeah. And I would wager, and I I feel really confident in this, I would say how many are fake? I think we're looking at... How many people are in the U.S.? Well, what are we, we 380 million? I don't know, something like that. Okay. All right. Well, it's a worldwide thing, but okay, just for context. All right. Okay. But then, you know, there's a huge amount of fake profile. I see these every day. And if I were just to say a very conservative estimate that 5% of those profiles are fake, and I think it's much higher, but 5%, you know, it's like almost 45, it's over 45 million. Think uh-huh. about that 45 million fake accounts. And, and they're also established for a number of different reasons, right? It's not always oh, yeah. malicious, but some of them are malicious. Mm-hmm. And people will tend to 
to to uh, accept a connection if, if, uh, from social media more than than email, right? Because they can see the face, yeah, and can kind of develop that trust. That profile can be made with commonalities with the target, saying, "Oh, we're, we're members of the same association, or remember right. we went to the same school, or whatever." When you have those commonalities, people feel ah, like a kind of a connection, you know, mm-hmm. literally, and so you're much more effective. And then now, I, I was always teaching people how do you sort of like strip down a social media profile uh-huh. and, you know, different ways of doing that to include the picture, you know, doing like a reverse image search on the picture. Uh-huh. And a lot of the scammers will just take a picture from somewhere else and not doing anything to it, but you can actually take a picture and um, slightly alter it so that if you did a reverse image search, it would still show up as just one image. It wouldn't show. Oh. Any but that's now that's even becoming old school now. Okay. Because a lot of really? people are that. But now with AI, you can get computer AI generated image, one of a kind. I've played with that. Yeah. And I, I said, I want a picture of Tom Cruise eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, you know, they're yeah. getting almost perfect. They're still, you know, some of these are, I would say they're perfect. I mean, they're, they're over the last few months. There was always a few little things you could look for, maybe at the earlobe or something, you know, that might be just a little, if you knew they what to look like for. They have like three arms and four fingers yeah. and stuff. So, like, there's not, a lot not of that. Anymore. Not anymore. So these are some ways that already AI is greatly enhancing uh, efficiency and quality of how it can be used for, by the scammers, by these threat actors mm-hmm. in, in targeting people. And another one, and I'm sure you heard of this one, uh, the voice cloning. I'm worried about voice cloning. And here's the other thing I'm worried about is deep fake videos because I saw some uh, from a security friend of mine and, you know, I'm a body language expert. I'm very well known for that. Um, I could not tell the difference. And I was like, holy crap, we're in for some trouble. Um, So anyway, voice cloning though, I think is also a, a lot of trouble. So what do you know about it? Well, see, with the getting back to the the video, the the the, uh, the the video fakes, those are really good quality, but they still take some time to develop. It's not like you can just flip, flip a switch and they're instantaneous. Maybe mm-hmm. someday they'll they'll almost might might get there, but usually it's going to take several days, several hours at least to produce that. Uh, so it kind of limits how they can be used in a real time. Mm-hmm. But the uh, fake audio, uh, let's say a year ago, it took maybe. Even hey, even Amazon came out with Alexa, and they said that they were they were going to roll out a new feature, um, where they could show. They had a commercial uh, at one of their shows, and it's, and it was a little boy saying, "Alexa, please have my grandma read my favorite story, to, my favorite bedtime story to me." And right away, the grandma's voice came out of Alexa. She had died six months earlier, oh. but grandma read the favorite bedtime story, uh, and it could read any story if you just said, you know, read for me, you know, whatever book. Uh-huh. That books on the internet, it would be able to read that book in grandma's voice. And all it would take, according to Amazon at that time, was 59 seconds of voice. Now there's some software um, developers for voice cloning that say that they've been able to do that with two to three seconds of sample. Really? Yeah, that to me, two to three seconds, you know, it seems to me that would be kind of limited because it doesn't, I mean, I've heard know. I've heard some of that on, on fa- little Facebook ads where, you know, they have like a country music singer and and talking about weight loss you can tell it's not yeah i can it's tell not good. but they're getting better i mean there's been there's been some major scams already mm-hmm. there's one that's uh 
widely circulated on the internet. If you were to like, Google it, but probably a lot of your li listeners aren't aware of it, but it happened back. This is one of the biggest ones that we're aware of. It happened back in 2020. Mm -hmm. A banker in Hong Kong who had a lot of high net worth clients, uh, especially in the UAE, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Emirates, uh, received the call from this client. He recognized the caller ID, mm -hmm. which could have been spoofed, right? But it, but the caller ID, and when he answered it, it was the voice of his client. And the client gave him instructions to conduct $35 million in wire, in wire transfers to handle acquisitions. Oh. The further, they, they, they fabricated some email correspondence between the client and the client's attorney showing, you know, how these acquisitions were going to be, you know, handled. Uh -huh. um, so when the, when the manager saw the call coming in, the caller ID is correct. The voice was his voice. He sent out the money, $35 million. The next day, the client said, where did this money go? And then they launched a major investigation. The UAE authorities launched this investigation. And it's just like, you know, with these BEC scams that once the money is kind of gone, mm -hmm. Good luck in following it. Good luck in being able to get anything back. Yeah. Did, did they find million, it? Did well, they, find it? They, found, they found $400,000 in the Centennial, Centennial Bank in the United States. Oh. Beyond that, I don't know. But, but uh, and there oh. were like 17 people involved in the scam. But that's, that was a little bit more elaborate. But there's been a lot of these other ones that have been taking place. The problem is, you know, people, as you can appreciate, people many times don't want to report that they were they were victims of fraud totally not they're embarrassed mm -hmm. you know and so companies, so many yeah. of these things go un, you know unreported they're mm -hmm. embarrassed they're, you know and these companies are afraid if this comes out the, you know the, the they would lose you know your reputation with clients and so so many of these things happen you know under the radar because we're not you know we're not privy to that unless mm -hmm. you have a client that happens to tell you right but there's a lot more of this happens than what we you know can imagine and it's not you know the defake now is not just with companies with, you know, getting people to undertake an action like making a wire transfer or mm -hmm. issuing a, an access pass to somebody who shouldn't have access to a facility and all of a sudden gets that access pass because they use the voice of, of a supervisor. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's happening with individuals, especially. And this is a good segue into my book. Yeah. Uh, this happens with uh, call it grandparents. Scam. It doesn't have to be grandparent, but a lot of these are happening with grandparents uh -huh. who will receive a telephone call it could be automatically sound just like their, their their grandson or granddaughter you know saying that they've had a terrible situation you know they're they, they they're you know under arrest or they're yeah, in they're trouble you know in the hospital need, or something yeah you need some money and it's the voice of the child right at least the grandparents believe it's the voice of the child or it could be someone calling like law enforcement or mm -hmm. someone that you know your your, your your child is 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 in trouble you know and they want to hear the child the child get on for like 10 seconds yeah i really need your help please help me grandfather you know whatever mm -hmm. they're using the they're cloning the voices of children of young people wow and children and a lot of parents are acting on this and sending mm -hmm. out money of course it's almost always money, right? Doing yeah. that urgent transfer to get your, the grandkid out of, out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Instead of, there's other things they can do. There are other things they can do. It's just that even if they're aware that these type of things happen, it's like that doesn't kick in. So, auto, you know, they want to automatically want to help. They want to get their, their grandkid out of this yeah. jam. So these are on the rise. There was one even in the paper, and um, it came out maybe three months ago. It was not a grandmother, but it was a mother whose child went on a skiing trip, I think with classmates. Uh -huh. And while the child was gone, the mother got this call and it sounded like it was coming from, I mean, she was convinced it was her daughter that had this emergency and needed this money. Uh -huh. Oh, she had been kidnapped. I'm sorry. 
They had kidnapped her daughter. Oh. And but but the daughter was skiing. The daughter didn't know anything about it. But there were kid, virtual kidnappers uh-huh. that contacted her, uh, saying that their daughter was kidnapped and they needed so much money, you know, uh, within this period of time, or you know, they'll never see her again. Uh huh. So this has happened, and it's happening. It's increasing. It's increasing a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is one of many things that I'm talking about. My in my book. Um, Okay, so I've been talking a lot in, up to now in my work is focusing on organizations mm-hmm. and helping them, you know, understand these issues and how to, how to protect themselves and, and process training, educating their employees mm-hmm. who are, you know, made aware of these things. But the greatest, I find the greatest demographic of people who don't receive, have no opportunity to get that kind of training because they're not gainfully employed right now, they're mm-hmm. retired, are, you know, are the seniors. And they oh. are the most vulnerable segment of our population and the most mm-hmm. victimized the most victimized segment of our population well yeah and they've got 80 percent of the wealth in the country that's it exactly because you know yeah you could target a 20 year old right mm-hmm. but how much is a 20 year old going to have in the bank not much not much and you know if they have a credit card even if you max out the credit card you're probably looking at a couple grand at most yeah. seniors you know they're having their life savings mm-hmm. their life savings and so they they're they're easy mark because they have that much you know they have that wealth mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. They also, they, they, they tend to be very trusting, mm-hmm. right? So they will trust pretty much any sort of story that someone will, will tell them. Right. They like to help people. If someone's pleading for help, can you help me? Uh, and so they fall, and a lot of them are very lonely, right? So they, they welcome this sort of interaction. It's not like, you know, you might be at your desk and you got a million things to take care of. All of a sudden, someone's trying to sell you something or whatever. You know, I don't got time mm-hmm. for this. I don't even want to, I don't even want to hear the pitch. Uh-huh. I do not have time for this. A senior might be, you know, they kind of might take the time to listen to somebody because they're, you know, they, they will that welcome that kind of engagement. Mm-hmm, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons why they they can become, you know, uh, very victimized. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the book that I wrote, I did, I just uh, it just came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's called it's called Why Are You Messing with Me? I love the title. Yeah. At first, at first, like I was thinking, don't mess with me, like don't you know? Uh-huh. And I was like, little force was like, why are you messing with me? On the cover is sort of an older gentleman that has his hand, you know, his head in his hands, like, oh, you know, woe uh-huh. me. And in, in the back of him is this uh, kind of shadowed figure that has a cell phone, you know, and there's smoke back there. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of the same theme of my first book as far as the imagery, but it kind of shows you got that bad actor behind the, the yeah. scene, seniors, just so victimized. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and so it's you know, it's why 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 are you messing with me? A survival guide, a senior survival guide for for fraud, privacy, and security. So it's not just one issue. When I started to do this research, I thought, well, let me find how many books are out there regarding you know security issues for senior citizens. You know, mm-hmm. and the only thing I really found there were one or two books that were cybersecurity for seniors, which is you know a good topic. This is a good mm-hmm. topic to for seniors to understand. But first of all. I'm thinking of the terminology, cybersecurity for so many people, and probably especially senior citizens, is kind of like intangible. What is that cybersecurity? Uh-huh. Something out there. I wanted to break it down to terms that terminology that seniors could understand. So when I talk about cybersecurity in the book, I talk about telephone and computer security. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. You know, but but I decided to go much beyond that sort of telephone and 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 uh, computer security and talk about security across the board. First of all. How do you make? How do you protect yourself in your residence? And I, for all of these different chapters I, uh, on different topics, I give stories and true anecdotes. Uh-huh. Like for example, the one about uh, in, about uh, protecting yourself in in your home. There was a case of a serial uh, cur- uh, killer 
in Texas about a year and a half ago who basically would break into people's residences, elderly, or mm-hmm. you know, their assisted living. And he he had experience as being a maintenance worker in assisted living. So he kind of knew how these things were set up. Yeah. He would he would knock on the door, make his way in, and strangle strangle his victims. Oh, no. Almost all, I think all of them except one were women. And mm-hmm. then he would steal jewelry. And that was what he was doing. It was sort of, and there was... There's, there's a bit other examples too. Uh, One offs where seniors have been target, you know, have been, you know, people got mm-hmm. into their house to rob them because see, I mean, a lot of times a robber is going to wait until you're gone from your house, probably to, you know, it's not like in some of these other countries where I live where, you know, they might get in any time. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're, for the most part here in the United States, they're going to rob you when no one is there. Right. But with seniors, they, you know, they don't care because they, they feel that, you know, seniors not going to put up a fight or if they put up a fight, it's not going to be, you know, well, so, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened in our family. My great grandmother, uh, got, I don't know if she, she was in, uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, and it's been a while. She's been gone since what, 99 or so, but someone broke in and tied her up. We think, uh, or, yeah. uh, I mean, not, we think, I think I'm trying to remember. It's been a while, but yeah, that is totally a, a true thing. They don't, they, and she's almost a hundred, you know, that what's she, she going to do? So, um, you know, she is pretty resilient with the whole thing, but oh my gosh. I mean, she, she lived through depressions and wars and pandemics, like the first pandemic and not the first one, but the first one, like in recent history. Um, and she, she was, you know, she just kind of chugged right through, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that is crazy. I mean, a lot of these people can talk their way into a senior residency, you know. So I t- we talk about that. And the next chapter I go into is security on the street. Well, with all these, I talk about the problem, and of course, I'm, and I talk about solutions, things uh-huh. that they, different, you know, solutions that they might want to incorporate one or more of them, and just start to make them a habit in their life, you know, safeguards. Then I talk about on the street, and there's a thing called I don't know if you've heard it. It's called jugging. No, why I got that name, I do not know, but it's where you have you have people that will stake out the banks and look for the elderly going into the bank because uh-huh. they feel elderly are going in there probably to withdraw cash. A lot of the elderly yeah. like to pay their bills with cash. And so when they come out, they will follow them from the bank to their car. And then wherever their car goes, if it's to the residence or if it's another stop before the residence. And when they get out of the car, some of the, a lot of them are even leaving the money in the car, they'll break into the car, take the money, or they will hold up that elderly person to steal the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a, which we talk about these types of things that we got to be really careful on the street and talk about situational awareness, which is a topic really valuable for everybody. But, but we talk about that at, at length, the situational awareness when you're you're on the street. Then we go into other things like identity theft. Oh, we talk about private. It, it all begins with privacy because so much unless you're a random target, you become a target when people, you know, identify you as a, as an easy target. When they get yeah. information on you, that makes it so much easier. So we kind of like talk about how important controlling your, you know, maintaining your privacy and protecting that information and not easily getting it, having it, you know, put out there into the, you know, onto the internet. Like people might, for example, post something on the internet on Facebook and they might even have in those pictures, a picture inside their home that has this beautiful artwork or something or, you know, uh, the person might see, oh, there's something really valuable in this house. Mm -hmm. Or they might talk about, you know, they're leaving for vacation, you know, to Hawaii or whatever. And it, so they're basically the information they're putting out there makes it easier for the tar- for the threat actors to target them. So we talk about it all begins with privacy. So the more control we have over our privacy, 
probably the less, you know, there's going to be other people that are going to be higher priority targets than, than uh, it would be for us. I'll talk about uh, other issues such as, you know, computer security, sure. telephone security, mm-hmm. talk about scams, a lot of, lot of information about the different types of scams, like investment scams, uh, impersonation scams, mm-hmm. romance scams. Um, what do you think is the biggest scam today? Because this changes by the what year. What do I think is the biggest scam today? For oh, seniors. Peter, for, I, seniors. Uh, for seniors? Yeah. Oh. What was last year? There's so many. Uh, let me pick one. I'm I'm gonna say um, uh, uh, stealing their social security number. That is not the biggest scam. It's up there, but if you will look at, I mean, that would be considered probably identity theft, and that's yeah. that's up there, but not quite at the top. The, the interesting, and I was surprised by this, is the uh, IT IT fraud. Oh. It, it means, for example, someone might call them. And say that there's been a you know there's a problem. There's oh, a virus. there's a problem with your Microsoft account. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, you know, seniors typically don't, can't figure out on their own. Oh, is there a problem or not? You know, they they'll all of a sudden be afraid. Oh, I don't know what I can do. They might think, you know, maybe they have a a, a, a son or daughter that might be able to help them out. But the vast majority of them, when this person said there's a problem, we can fix it. Oh, okay, please, you know. Yeah, so yeah. So, so basically, you know, they can rack up a lot of, you know, p- you know, payment for fixing it, but at the same time, it could make it even worse. Well, you know, at a very minimum, the the, the threat actor could steal, you know, could download information from the computer, mm-hmm. more more information, and so it could lead into other types of scams. But the number one scam, as far as you know, getting individuals to pay money out for these mm-hmm. bogus things, is is the IT scam. And second has been um, romance schemes, believe it or not. Roman. Well, yeah, I know that that's a problem. I wouldn't think it was second, but I guess okay. Yeah. I'm believing. very high with seniors because they become easy targets when individuals look. Yeah, they're lonely. That uh, you know their significant other, their husband or their wife of you know twenty five, thirty, forty, fifty years has passed away. Now they're all alone. Mm-hmm. And even though maybe in their mind they're just saying, "I really don't want to develop a relationship with anybody else," they still have that loneliness, right? And so, uh, uh, you know. Someone who's very suave can easily talk their way into that person's heart. Mm-hmm. They actually, I mean, just like other romance scams, fall in love with that individual, you know. And it's like, and I've seen this, and and it's amazing the power that these romance scams have on these individuals. Oh, I've had I've had some guests on my podcast, um, Debbie Montgomery, and you can look back and see see it in the show list. Lost a million dollars that way. Yeah, you know, to, to someone that it's 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 like you say you've got to be kidding me, right? But but it's not until you're really in mm-hmm. that if it's happened to you or it's happened to somebody really close that you can understand, I guess, how complex our minds are, right? Our hearts and our minds yeah. where you're drawn in, and it doesn't matter, you know, what people tell you. Oh, that can't happen to me. That's well, that's else. the thing. Here, here, here's how you fix that. You want to know the number one cure, and you probably know no one as well. Number one thing from my book. If they don't have a camera on their, uh, and they're not going to talk, that is red flag number one. If they're not I turning agree. that thing on, mm-hmm. then, oh, and don't, don't buy into this whole, oh, they don't, their camera broke or no, everybody has at least two of them. Everybody. They yeah, have one on their phone. Hour, within they, 24 hours, you can remedy anything. And these are things that are going on for months, right? And it's always mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah, you're right. It's so easy, right? I mean, if you can get that. They're just sending pictures, and those pictures they can get from anywhere. 
Oh and yeah. So mm-hmm. The person falls in love with the image and with the you know what they hear. That's what they say, they yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, that's al- that's almost that's almost entirely universal. The fact that they don't show up on video, they can't they're not, yeah. they're not able to do a video chat. It's ridiculous. I'm like, like, oh my gosh. Anyway, okay, all right. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, where can people get your book? Uh, they can get it on Amazon. It's available. Okay. It's available in uh, and paperback as well as as uh, Kindle. Oh, e- cool. why are you messing with me i think it's a survival guide i'm gonna get one for my for my folks Mm -hmm. and actually the the paper book yeah it's it's written a little bit larger print for Mm -hmm. you know for for seniors because even myself now i'm getting to the point where it's not easy for me to read the small print so me either oh my gosh i'm like how old am i (laughs) (laughs) on the kindle book you can you can change the size of the print as you wish but i thought Mm -hmm. this type of book make the print a little bit larger so Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, Peter, you're such a friend of the show. You're just always a gem and come on with such um, up-to-date info on what's going on out there. And, you know, you're our favorite CIA spy. So thank you so much for coming on. How, how can people get a hold of you? Well, they can go to, the best thing would be going to LinkedIn and looking at my name, Peter Warmka, or going to my website, uh, counterintelligence-institute.com. You got it. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, Peter. Thank you so much, Tracy. You take care.